Fast Growth Business is brought to you by IP Tax Solutions, the innovation tax specialists. Hi, and welcome to this third edition of the Fast Growth Business Podcast. My name is Steve Livingston, and this podcast is aimed at founders and entrepreneurs of Fast Growth UK businesses. So we're on to this third edition. Uh, In this one, we're going to actually cover an interview with Richard Harrison. Richard is a director at Innovaris, and they are ideas consultants, and they do a whole range of things in terms of helping businesses grow, from helping with uh, strategic advice around uh, intellectual property and also information specifically around grants. They also do courses for uh, companies in terms of unleashing the innovation within businesses. So uh, great to get Richard on, particularly to talk about grants, because we're hearing more and more about uh, Horizon 2020 and other grants that are available. So uh, Richard gives us a great rundown of the things you should be thinking about in terms of what grants could work for you. Having recorded the podcast, we kind of jumped back fairly quickly afterwards because uh, I think it was about a couple of days later, we had the awesome statement. And the next day after that, we found out that areas of business support were being cut. So I knew that Richard would have his ear to the ground and he didn't let me down on that in terms of giving his thoughts on that. So we sort of returned to a second part interview uh, with Richard, which I hope you find useful. It's great if you can get interactive with this Fast Growth Business Podcast. A few ways you can do that. First of all, you can uh, get in touch with us via Twitter at IPTAT Solutions. It's probably the best place to find us. You can use the hashtag FGB Podcast as well as another good way. Um, the more interaction we have, the better. If you have uh, any comments on the show, if you'd like to get on the show, if you've got something to share, if you're maybe an entrepreneur building your fast growth business, or perhaps you're another business support um, service and you can explain ways in which you can help or areas you're seeing where perhaps companies could do things maybe a little bit better. Any advice I think is greatly appreciated. You can also get uh, in touch via iTunes is also a good way. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Fast Growth Business. Um, that's, if you look that up, you'll find us there. And if you can give us a rating, that's always good because it helps more entrepreneurs and founders find this podcast. So any rating there would be greatly appreciated. And again, any sort of Twitter mentions we will get on the show as well um, for future episodes. We like to do a resource of the week, and this week um, we're going to look at Schedule Once, which is something that I've been tinkering with over the last few weeks. Schedule Once is quite a useful online application, and it basically allows you to have a shared calendar. So you know you get in that situation where you're trying to arrange a call or a meeting, and you're exchanging dates, perhaps over email, and it's, it's sort of, you're going to and fro. This really cuts that out by having a, a link which you can send to... Um, uh, the email recipient say for uh, to set up a meeting and they will get a web link and that will interact interact with your calendar your live calendar and it will suggest some times and dates that they can they can use and they can click on there and it syncs automatically so in that case you have the meeting goes into your calendar and also into the, the person who's choosing the meeting to their calendar as well and it saves that kind of toing and froing you can also link it with GoToMeeting, which is something that I've been tinkering with. Again, it'll actually set up a unique GoToMeeting call, uh, which is quite useful. And that's an interactive an interaction between the two services, Schedule Once and GoToMeeting. You need a subscription for both, but it's been quite useful so far. And the jury's still out. I'll see if we keep using it. But again, give me your thoughts on that. That's ScheduleOnce.com. Okay, so that's enough from me. I think it's time to jump into the interview with Richard Harrison from Innovaris. Great. So it's good to have Richard Harrison on the call. Uh, Richard, we've known for a while. Uh, we've worked together on various projects. And I'll let Richard, you introduce yourself and your company. 
Okay, many thanks, Steve. Okay, my name's Richard Harrison. I'm director of a company called Innovaris. We pretty much do three things. We help companies access uh, funding for business. I should specify that's not bank loans, not equity investment, but um, typically grant funding. Uh, we help connect companies to resources they need, whether they're suppliers, universities, and so on. Um, but primarily, we help companies grow through innovation. We do a ranging or range of consulting, mentoring, training, and coaching courses to help companies achieve their potential. Brilliant. One thing in particular I wanted to pick up on this particular call, and maybe uh, we can cover those other topics in future uh, episodes, but really it was about grant funding, and in particular the Horizon 2020s attracted quite a lot of kind of media attention, and we kind of discussed offline, you know, whether that's the right sort of thing for companies and who it might apply to. And I think it'd be just useful for people just to learn a little bit more about what it is, kind of who might benefit from it, and if they don't, perhaps where else they could be looking. Okay, sure, Steve. Yeah, okay, thanks. Um, Horizon 2020 is always hot in the news because there's lots of money. There's, I mean, there's, there's billions of pounds there. Um, and, of course, it's EU funding, which is always a good thing. However, the one thing I would say is there are also a lot of funds closer to home that help you achieve similar outcomes. Now, what we've got to clarify straight away is there are different types of funding. There's cash in the bank for your business to do something or there's cash for an external supplier to help you. And Horizon 2020 and some of the funds close to home, particularly Innovate UK, help achieve both of those things. They're one of the few funds that will provide uh, staff salaries, for example, uh, but pretty much they're, aimed, they're all aimed at science, technology, innovation, achieving something that hasn't otherwise been achieved. To go into them in a little more detail, uh, Horizon 2020, and I'm, let me start with Horizon 2020. It's a large group of funds. They're call-based, um, so you've got to have something that's relevant to the call. It's very difficult just to make something fit. Yeah. Um, the challenge is you've got to have three partners from separate EU member states on any project. Um, but if you've got the sort of organisation that's committed to R&D, that's doing a lot of development, then it could be a good option for you. Um, the process is onerous, as it is with a lot of these things. Government funding tends to be. Uh, but the good side is, as, as we say, there are large sums of money available for there. The application time, again, is around six to nine months. So ideally, it's got to be something that's part of a longer R&D strategy. Six to nine now, months, did you say? Sorry. Yeah, Steve. I mean, no, normally what happens is an application will come out. Uh, I mean, that, to be honest, six months is fair for most larger funds. By large, I mean 50k plus. Um, primarily because a call comes out, there'll be a deadline. That deadline may be a month away. These things take a week's solid work to write. Um, you've then got an assessment period that can be two or three months. And then you've got um, a contracting period, which typically involves them doing a little bit of due diligence on your business, you finalising your plan. So normally, from application to point at which you can start spending money, yeah, if you want to do something quicker than six months, an EU can be a little longer. Um, it's not the best solution for you. Certainly not. Um, however, there are, there are two other schemes. Um, one is called SME Instrument. That's a part of Horizon 2020. That's a single company scheme, so you don't need your EU partners. In addition, if you're successful on SME Instrument, you get €50,000 straight away, unmatched, to do a feasibility study. However, the challenge with SME Instrument is it's highly competitive. I think the success rate is actually less than 10%. Um, so, you know, that, that, one, that one does bring challenges. It's a nice one to have. If you get to the second stage of SME Instrument, you know, you're talking about funding of 
seven, seven, seven figure sums being available, a million, two million, and so on. Um, but the one thing that interests me most of all is a scheme that's a bit close to home, yep. which is, well, a family of schemes, which is almost like the EU, sorry, the UK's equivalent of 2020. And that's the vast range of programs that's run by Innovate UK. Now, Innovate UK is the government's um, innovation department. They used to be called Technology Strategy Board, or TSB. Yep. And they do a wide, wide range of single and multi-scheme grants. Uh, there's one specific one called SMART. It used to be called GRAND. The reason I know and love this scheme so well is I used to be um, an assessor and a monitor um, a few years back for it. So I, I, I do know the scheme well. Um, we've got around two million for our clients out of this scheme already, but it does anything from a 25k feasibility study that you can use your existing staff salaries to match, um, all the way through to you know sort of 250 grand and upwards for more in-depth development projects. That's excellent. So we talked about that before. I mean, the matching aspect can be the difficult difficulty area Abs- for a lot of companies. Absolutely, Steve. So that's interesting. So the salary can in those cases, so in certain cases, can be used as the match. Yeah, certainly. I mean, if, if you're doing a feasibility study, I mean, a feasibility study, you'll get a £25,000, uh, well, up to £25,000 grant. You'll need to provide match of, from memory, it's about 20 k but you can actually use your staff salaries to provide that match. So money that's already going out of your business, you can use to bring more in. And of course, as you know and do so well, Steve, um, all that is eligible for you know the main R&D tax credit scheme. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at the larger grants, you know, 100k plus, it's much better to say the scheme covers 60% of the costs. Yes, you can use your staff time as some match, but you will typically for a larger project be needing some subcontracts, some um, um, some travel, some additional support, maybe some materials. Uh, so, I mean, worst case scenario, the client we've just finished working with, um, we secured them £100,000. They put in 60K, which was a combination of staff time and money coming out. But ultimately, they, they achieved, when you're considering their, their tax credits as well, a £160,000 R&D project that cost them probably about forty-five yeah, in cash. And it's actually got them into the largest international supplier of goods within their respective market. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Like you say, it can kind of change the whole mindset and approach, strategic approach of a company. Once they start getting on this R&D path, they can oh, see absolutely. the benefits. And this is exactly what the government wants, isn't it? This is exactly hitting the right sort of areas. Uh, yeah, as you know, Steve, in terms of um, R&D tax credits, patent box, what the government's trying to find. I mean, the good thing about this company is, is, is you're right, they've now got their own R&D capacity and they're actually looking at separate projects. The first project will fund the existence of the... Uh, the team themselves, so we've now got that money to start growing, developing similar projects. What's, what's great about that project as well is, is their products they used to import from, I think it was Germany, and then ship out to other parts of Europe. But because they're manufacturing in the UK, they've made a significant impact on the carbon footprint of their products. So the environmental benefits are superb as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Win-win all round. Excellent. Absolutely. I mean, where, where we're keen to get involved on this, Steve, is to help people find out um, what funding is right for them. It's very difficult to say this is the funding arena because you can meet 10 companies and what they need are 10 different things. Yeah. There are so many things around from uh, £1,000 worth of support, mentoring, coaching, um, all the way up through to you know, sort of six, seven-figure f- sums for, for large R&D projects. Brilliant. And you cover all of those. Pretty Absolutely. Much. Absolutely. Yeah. Where, where we can't, you know, there's a few things we don't cover. I mean, we, don't, we certainly don't specialise in charity and community projects, but where we don't specialise in something, we work with other people who do. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. That's great. That's been really useful. I mean, that's a proper canter through the sorts of things companies can be looking at. Um, and we covered everything there. All they're the main areas companies want to be looking at, I guess, in terms of grants. Yeah, I think so, Steve. I mean, the other thing that, to be aware of is a lot of the money does come to the UK through something that, 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 that some of your clients, well, a lot of clients may have heard of, something called ESIF, European Structural Investment Funds. Now, that is a combination of ERDF um, and ESF. Now, we're between calls at the moment, which means funding from those streams is um, not, not as abundant as it normally is. However, back end of this year, early next year, depending on where you are geographically, a little later maybe for Lancashire, um, there's going to be a lot of new funding streams coming out um, 2016. So it's certainly worth being aware of them. I mean, for example, if you're buying capital equipment, this is a good one in Lancashire at the moment. Uh, there's a scheme that will pay for 20% of the cost. Um depending on the size of the capital equipment. And we've got some companies that are saving 40, 60, 80,000 pounds simply because they're speaking to the right people. So there's lots around. There will be a lot more around, but unless you've asked the questions, you won't know about any of it. Exactly. And so there's no real, is there a real sort of central way of keeping track of it or are you best off, I guess, speaking None, to it yourself? This, this, this is where, um, you know, sort of, sort of our background and experience does, does help. There are so many different schemes, and each is run, well, some are run county by county, some are run nationally. So it really is a case of who you know and staying in touch with, with, with the right funding pots for these. Um, so no, unfortunately, there's not, I mean, there are single resources that will tell you they provide information on funding, but you'll search them. I heard a story the other day, Lancashire County Council tried to develop a resource and stopped once he'd identified the first 70 funds. Um, the challenges of those 70 funds, only five are probably relevant to any one client, and it'll be a different five for each client. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, it is a bit of a, um, a minefield out there, or, or a bit of a maze, I suppose I should say. Um, but once we've had a chance to speak to a company, we can identify the benefits. And interestingly, um, Innovaris, well, we've probably worked with upwards of 50 companies over the last couple of years, uh, on on a range of projects, there's not a single company that hasn't drawn grant funding from somewhere. There's always something for someone. It's just what fits you best. Brilliant, great stuff, excellent. So, if you just remind people again, where can they find you if they want to reach out and explore this further with you? Ah, uh, certainly. Thanks, Steve. Um, okay, so my name is Richard Harrison. I'm uh, director of a company called Innovaris. Our website is www.innovaris.co.uk. My email is Richard at innovaris.co.uk. Just to clarify, I-N-O-V-A-R-I-S. It's a single N. Um, last but not least, if you search for me on LinkedIn, type in Richard Harrison in a virus, you'll find me. I've got around 15 blogs on funding, um, benefits of funding, what to do, what not to do. Please connect to me. I'd love to speak to you further. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you very much for your time. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. As I mentioned earlier, no sooner than we finished this interview, an announcement was made following the autumn statement about cuts to certain business support uh, initiatives. So I wanted to get back on the phone with Richard, which I did. Okay, so I'm back on with Richard again. Richard, we spoke fairly recently about grants and people should have heard that a moment ago. Um, but there have been some fairly recent, quite abrupt developments that have happened uh, in the world of grants and uh, business support. And I just wonder, could you just give us the headlines on what's happened? Yeah, sure, Steve. Uh, thanks. Following the comprehensive spend review in November, the government quite abruptly announced they were closing something called the Business Growth Service. Now, the Business Growth Service was an amalgamation of services, including 
growth accelerator, manufacturing advisory service, um, also some aspects of Innovate UK and UKTI. Um, now, what we believe so far is the business growth service as an umbrella national scheme has gone. Uh, parts of MAS, I believe, are going, but I'm not sure which parts yet. Uh, and Growth Accelerator has been cancelled. Uh, it was very, very abrupt. It was, I'm pretty sure, around the 26th or so of November it was announced. Um, and it was pretty much closed on the 27th of November. So if you've not had Growth Accelerator, if it's not contracted and not paid... You won't get it now. Wow. wow. And did you see, was this sort of on the horizon? Did anyone see this coming or was this completely out of the blue? Absolutely not. I mean, I started receiving phone calls from um, people who we work with on the scheme on Thursday morning. We had a formal announcement Thursday evening, which came in the form of an email from the Business Growth Service. um, And pretty much everything was closed. Well, they stopped issuing invoices to clients on Friday um, any paperwork and payment had to be complete by the close of play the following Monday, which I think was um, uh, the 30th of November. And now the scheme is closed. Anyone who's on the scheme has to have their intervention complete by March, which in all honesty is fine. That's plenty of time. Um, but no, it's brought the system to a close and I think brought with it a lot of potential redundancies to the delivery partners as well. It's oh, a real shame. It's a real shame. I mean, what, it's difficult putting in spot this, but why, why do you think it's happened? What, what's, what's the sort of policy behind this? Any views? I don't think there's any one direct thing. I don't think it's a direct responsibility of what's been happening because we've had a lot of good, great, well, great, great feedback on Growth Accelerator. Um, I think it's more a case of the government cuts in general, the spend review. I think pretty much every area has been cut to a degree. And as it happens, the um, the national service for growth accelerators being cut. Now, sort of a more personal answer to that question. I wonder if, being a national scheme, the administration wasn't delivering a, a particularly high return on investment, um, or whether they wanted to return to a more uh, regional and sub-regional model. Um, but again, as we know, these these things go in cycles with um, with elections, with government movement. And I'm sure over the next five to ten years, we'll see. A return from or a cycle between a government and a regional model several times it always happens absolutely absolutely as you say so we don't know what's going to happen yet in terms of what's what's next on the horizon but we we suspect there will be something to replace it no doubt and yeah. i guess when that happens you can keep us informed of course steve i mean there are a few things there at the moment i think there's a little bit of um misinformation in the press i mean we'd heard that the 200 million pound growth accelerator scheme was being replaced by around, well, depending on what you read, between 20 and £40 million, pounds, which is going to be distributed between the um, economic partnerships and the regions. The £200 million number is a bit misleading in itself, I think, because that was the figure at the start of the programme, and we're already a number of years into the programme. So the, the amount of money really being lost may, may not be as high as some of the press are indicating, but we certainly know that they will be allocating some money back to back to use on a sub-regional basis in the LEPs, the economic partnerships and the hubs. Um, but that will be administered on a, a case-by-case basis by each county. Uh, we also know, or believe now certainly, that Innovate UK has had its budget preserved. That's fantastic for us because it shows the government's commitment to innovation. Um, however, we also believe there'll be some restructuring there with Innovate UK falling under um, the Research UK uh, umbrella of activities. We, we believe there are sort of some larger moves in the pipeline there as well to move to a more loan-based model by 2020, 
which again we believe is along the line of the Scandinavian style loans, which are repayable only on success. Um, in, in addition, of course, we should have ERDF coming out next year. So there's 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 certainly no cause for concern within the business community. Um, you know, as you rightly say, it's a shame about the the number of fantastic people running the scheme will be losing their jobs. Uh, but I, th I think moving forward, there will be support for businesses. There has to be. It does. There does. That's great. Thank you very much, Richard. That's been very helpful. And uh, yeah, thanks for your update on that. It's been great. Well, thanks for your time too, Steve. Thanks. Cheers, thank you. And I'd like to thank Richard again for that call. I hope you found that really useful. You can find Richard at innovaris.co.uk and that's innovaris with one N. Okay, so that wraps it up for this week. I hope you found that useful. Uh, you can reach out to us via Twitter. It's probably the best way, at IP Tax Solutions. Please leave us your thoughts, your comments. You can also find us or leave us with the hashtag FGB podcast, and we'll find that and answer any questions. So that's all for this week. I hope you found that useful. Thanks for listening. Fast Growth Business is brought to you by IP Tax Solutions, the innovation tax specialists.